Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by a student of Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday service. So uh, before I give my formal talk, I wish to share a few thoughts that have been reoccurring for me. For the last several months, I've had a deep and unwavering knowing that this life is incredibly short. And this has caused me to feel a deep sense of urgency. And like so many of you here, I've had a challenging yet incredible life. And my gratitude is truly inexpressible as I've had the good fortune to meet my teacher and I found a Sangha home and connected with the Dharma. And understanding this truth makes me feel more alive, more present, more compassionate, more tender-hearted, and helps give me the strength and wisdom to let go of what is not needed. Sometimes I get amnesia and I forget and I get hooked by a small annoyance or hurt. But deep in my heart, I know that at the end of the day, most of my worries are distractions and don't need the attention that I give. When I think about love, my own mom comes to mind. And she was a little more than 10 years older than me than than I am today when she passed away. And this was a very difficult time because no matter what, I think it's hard to say goodbye. And when my mom expressed deep regret for mistakes, It was not hard to say, no, mom, everything is okay. It's okay to go because love is bigger than those mistakes and you did your best. Love is what matters. So this morning, I'm expanding that love, the kind that is reserved for family and close friends. I'm referring to what in our tradition we call bodhicitta. And for those of you here who are new, bodhicitta is the spontaneous wish to attain enlightenment motivated by great compassion for all sentient beings. Bodhicitta is a love that does not leave anybody out and manifests when there is a falling away of an attachment to the illusion of an inherently existing self. So I asked Lama Jinpa to give me guidance with this talk because everyone here deserves the best. And he responded to my request by suggesting I give a talk about confidence as it relates to teaching. And at first I thought he meant that he wanted me to give a talk about lineage teachers, people like Lamala himself, and also about the many visiting Rinpoches and Lamas who come through our doors. And I actually wrote a whole talk as it related to this idea. And it took me a long time. <laughs> and then, but that wasn't it. And like has happened every time that I'm asked to give a talk, the moment of reckoning came when I was sitting across from him in a group of people whose opinion matters to me, while Lama looked over my draft and said, hmm, well, you got some of it. Hmm, the part about your mom, you can keep that. And then a few more, hmm, until finally, well, you actually missed it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's torture to write the talk. And then, like a dream that repeats itself until you get it, a very challenging dream, I had to start all over. I had copied and pasted the most profound talk. (laughs) But that's not what you're going to get. I will leave those profound teachings to people who know far more than me. Instead, I will share a few words of wisdom from my root guru, Lama Jinpa, and then offer what he said is essential to my talk, my own experience. Because, you see, I'm a very simple person. I'm not a scholar. I cannot offer that. What I can offer is honesty. I'm doing this talk because I was asked to do it by my teacher, and in the spirit of trust... In devotion, I am stepping into what does not come naturally. Who is uncomfortable? Who is uneasy? 
Who is anxious? Those are questions that need to be left for another time. But those are my questions. The truth is, I have a teacher, not a pretend teacher. The real thing. And he's not letting my fears run the show. Trust me. I went over to his office. Please let me out of this talk. I mean, certainly somebody could take my place. So this is my second try. Lamala shared that the Buddha Dharma is a teaching model. And confidence is bodhicitta, the love that does not leave anyone out, and pure view together. In other words, we can be good at things, and we can show and teach it too. The main activity of all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas is teaching. The Buddha himself said, The Buddhas do not wash away sins with water, nor do they heal beings with their hands, nor do they transfer their realizations to others. Buddhas liberate by teaching. So how is teaching different from helping and healing? As helpers, he said, we could rescue someone from drowning by throwing them a life jacket, but we ourselves may not know how to swim. So rescuers may or may not be able to swim, but they still wish to help. Where if we are in trouble and floundering, teachers are strong swimmers and may actually swim out to us and pull us to safety. They understand about currents and riptides, and they know to help, how to help us calm down and relax and not fight the currents. And on our side, we relax, and we allow ourselves to trust in their expertise, because if we resist, we may panic. To be helped, we need to somewhat surrender. And as students, we also need confidence. We trust the teacher has our best interests at heart and has the ability and wisdom to guide us safely to the shore. We, everyone here, is both a teacher and a learner. This morning, the emphasis of my talk is our confidence as teachers and developing confidence in our innate Buddha nature. Is everybody with me? We develop this, com- this genuine confidence through the path of teaching what we already know how to do. We also experience confidence and great joy when we are effective and someone learns what we taught. Everyone here knows how to do things, so therefore, we all have the potential to teach. Lama Jimpa asked me to first reflect on everyday things I do second nature. Walking came to mind because when I walk, I have no doubt about my ability to walk. Taking a shower sweeping the floor, washing the dishes, feeding my chickens, brushing my teeth, driving a car, making a phone call, filling water bowls, vacuuming the gompa, lighting candles, greeting people, hugging people, making chocolate chip cookies without a recipe, telling people where the restroom is, reading a book, putting on my Zen shawl, doing prostrations, writing a letter, giving a compliment. I'm completely confident in my ability to do those tasks. So I have some confidence in daily living. Lamala then asked me to talk about confidence as it relates to sharing knowledge or teaching because, he said, we develop true confidence, genuine confidence, through the path of teaching in simple steps what we already know how to do. We also experience confidence and great joy when we are effective and someone learns what we taught. In my work, I'm a speech therapy assistant. I have confidence in my ability to teach children how to talk. I teach kids to speak who have no expressive language, And I help kids who can't pronounce certain sounds. Some of my children have severe needs. Others have small challenges. But no matter what, I always celebrate their accomplishments. But the best reward is seeing them celebrate their own accomplishments. It brings me great joy to see them happy and proud when they master a new skill. Acquiring the ability to say a single word 
learning how to sustain eye contact, or even asking for help are all cause for celebration. Many of my students have autism, and to support some of my more severely impaired students, each task has to be broken down into incremental steps. And it takes a lot of patience, but the great effort they make to do the most basic task is inspiring. Their joy and confidence is visible and cannot be contained. When they can do something that was formerly out of reach, we all celebrate. Their confidence is visible as they acquire the ability to do things that they previously could not do. So those are specific things that I know how to do. But they're also universal things like, I know how to comfort someone, and I know how to laugh and cry, and I know how to listen and to speak. I'm confident in doing these things. This is not personal confidence like, I know I'm a good person, or I'm a confident person. This is what Lama calls functional confidence. He said in the West, we often make confidence about ourselves. But Buddha Dharma stresses functional confidence. Functional confidence is about teaching something we already know how to do without an emphasis on our personal self. And as I mentioned, we all know how to do many things. In Buddha Dharma, confidence is seen through the lens of functionality. The individual is not emphasized. Instead, there's the recognition that we all know how to do simple things and we can share our knowledge with others. We start brick by brick, slowly, with small, simple tasks. And in this way, we break down more global tasks. It's a mistake to jump right right into global. We need to put the pieces together first. Lama compared the idea of doing and teaching simple tasks to putting together a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. At the end, you have the big picture, but in the beginning, you cannot see the image. The small pieces are not connected. In the beginning, it's hard to see the pattern, how it all goes together. What is hard for new students and me as well to accept is that functional global confidence does not typically manifest overnight. It builds up slowly, gradually. It's important to first establish this basic confidence, and it's good to keep it simple. He said, I've heard this from other teachers too, that we make everything unnecessarily complicated. Kangsar Rinpoche, when he came, said the very same thing. He goes, we all make things so complicated. He said, building on this basic functional confidence is critical for a strong foundation. If we want to do higher practices, it's essential to build a strong foundation. Lamala often says, turtles win the race. What a relief. (laughs) He said, eventually, all that we know how to do, all that we have been taught, comes together, and the whole essence is revealed, but it takes time. As Westerners, we often want that incredible experience. Some of us will spend a lot of money to get that big experience and may actually be able to get one at a high cost, but the problem is the experience doesn't last. People are often looking for a miracle. It's understandable. It can feel so incredibly difficult. We want someone to fix our lives. We want our pain to go away with the wave of a magic wand. One day I was with Lama, and he kept talking about someone else, someone I don't know, and how they wanted someone to fix their lives and how they wanted someone to rescue them. And I'm like, wait a minute. Lama never talks about other people unless. <laughs> unless. And you go on and on about this other person. Anyway. <laughs> he said, one of the most common things people say is, I will sit with it. Basically, ignoring the problem is their style. But none of this works. These approaches are very passive. Dharma is active. The truth is, Buddhists cannot liberate us. We have to do the work. Buddhism is very practical and honest this way. 
we have to open the door from our side. Buddhists won't ever force their way in or, they, or break down our door. They have to be invited. When we are around a truly confident person like Lama Jimpa or Geshe Damcho or Jada Rinpoche or His Holiness the Dalai Lama, there's no bravado. We sense their deep groundedness. Through their example, we are inspired and we know it's possible. Only a couple of days ago, Lama inspired me and helped me. I was still grappling with what to share with all of you about confidence. I just, this title, confidence, was just haunting me. I'm like, you know, like, and I think it was intentional anyway. Um, but time was running out, and I felt very anxious. The irony of my feelings, considered the topic of my talk, was not lost on me. I'm supposed to give a talk on confidence. I'm struggling with self-doubt. It would have been really funny, except that I was taking myself very seriously. So I went to Lamala's office to ask for guidance, and he listened to my concern, and then he asked me to do something unexpected. I'm minimizing. I was, like, desperate. I was just like, oh, gosh, I... Anyway, he asked me to print out a copy of the lyrics to A Sound of Music song, My Favorite Things. So I printed it out, and I knew something was up when he, he immediately made a second copy of it. And then he told a few of his staff, Patty and I are going to sing for you. <laughs> I mean, I was in the darkest depression, and this was going on. And then I, th- I thought, I thought, I thought, you're kidding. And of course he wasn't, was not kidding. And that's exactly what we did. I felt like crying and laughing. And it was very helpful. And it helped me remember that I, I was not giving a talk about ordinary confidence with an emphasis on me, Patty, giving a good talk or a bad talk. I was giving a talk about how confidence arises when bodhicitta and pure view come together. We can be good at things and we can show and teach it too. So this concludes my talk on confidence. (laughs) So thank you for listening to my talk. I spoke about the shortness of life, love or bodhicitta, confidence when we teach what we already know how to do, and confidence when we are effective. And the whole thing can really be quite challenging. It certainly is for me, but I have discovered so much of what I go through is universal, and you probably are doing much better than you know. Remember, the path is the goal, and though it's not always easy, the view gets better. This is the encouragement that I've been given. Okay. Have some stragglers, that's okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know if there's any comments or questions. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll just read this little, little um, couple sentences. It helped me remember that I was not giving a talk about ordinary confidence with an emphasis on me, Patty, giving a good or bad talk. I was giving a talk about how confidence arises when bodhicitta and pure view come together. We, we can be good at things, and we can show and teach it too. So, Yeah. Yes. 
At the beginning, you gave a definition of bodhicitta. Yes. Would you get that again? Yeah. actually know this definition, but I don't feel confident to say it, <laughs> because Patty's still definitely here. Okay, so, um, but Patty's not here. It's just um, what I'm working with. So, the definition of bodhicitta is, bodhicitta is a love that does not leave anyone out and manifests when there is a falling away of attachment to the illusion of an inherently existing self. There's a lot in this talk. You know, I, it, it seems like not, but there actually is different levels, different layers to it. But um, even my, I myself am discovering the layers because, uh, because this was a real process to come up with it. I, I, I had more than one occasion where he said, that's not it. I just gave that one example, but there was more than one. I was like getting, I myself, Patty, was getting broken down. <laughs> Didn't tell that. In my early existing self. Mm-hmm. That song, um, These Are a Few of My Favorite Things, is, is actually a really high teaching <laughs> because uh, it, it's kind of childlike. It's kind of this place that I see um, Lama Jimpa. Sometimes uh, we have this thing called darshan. It's like meeting with the teacher. And we'll, I'll go for walks with him, and he just notices things like um, when you're little, you notice. But when you get older, you, you don't notice anymore. You're kind of lost in your thoughts. So walking with Lama is so pleasurable. He goes, look at that little squirrel there. And you're like, wow. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, and it's so sweet. It's actually real. And, um, or, or going around the pond and noticing dragonflies and, and ducks and clouds and and trees with weird root patterns, and you're just like, God, I'm, I'm missing everything because I'm just kind of lost in my thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where that came from, but I just, uh, that's, uh, I just, uh, maybe it comes from gratitude. I, I told him, thank you for helping me so much with this talk. I know other students don't need the kind of help I need. So I was really appreciating all the time he gave me. Just little snippets of time because he's a very busy person. Anyway. Well, are there any other comments or questions? Because if not, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, just more of a comment. Um, um, real brief. I, I had a speech, a speech impediment when I was younger, so I did a lot of speech therapy. So thank you for your service. Um, And also as someone who dealt with uh, crippling anxiety for a long, long time, I I I appreciate your your bravery and your courage doing this. And um, I really enjoyed your talk. You did a great job. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that's wonderful because I've had fear run in my life, my whole life pretty much. And so um, my teacher is ignoring that. (laughs) <laughs> pretty, pretty much he's ignoring that so I'm just like I go to him I'm like can't have some compassion and sympathy here you know and he's going you know uh, yeah, he just treats me as if that doesn't exist it's a little clue right there and then 
I just have to keep working on it. He doesn't give me any slack, which actually um, is so so respectful to me. And I, anyway, he's like that with everybody. He has true equanimity. Well, anyway, okay, so any, okay, Andrew. <laughs> Wonderful talk as always, Patty. So ironically, but perhaps not, Rama's having me teach on doubt in two weeks. Oh. So <laughs> kind of a nice companion piece to confidence. Yes, I think so. So I've been, you know, actually, honestly, I'm a little afraid to show him what I have because I don't have the time to revise it. <laughs> oh, actually, you should show him. <laughs> I mean, just speaking from experience. Because he would, on the 11th hour, say, you know, you need to... Yeah. I don't want that to happen to you, Andrew. No, I... have got one more darshan, so... Oh, it's like good. two days before the talk, so... We'll <laughs> there's, two, there's two schools. Either don't show them and just... Or the other, you know, and... They both have their, uh, their challenges. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you a personal... Maybe quasi-personal, uh, but maybe you could with your research into this talk, you could help with it. I'm, I don't know if anyone else is having the experience of lack of confidence with this four-year study program. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh, my God, you know. Mm. I've, I've been putting in heavy chunks of time in the uh, Sonkapa book, and I'm 9% through it, according to my Kindle. That's so. amazing. Now my confidence is even less. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a third of the way through the previous book, and uh, so if that helps. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, wow, you know, every page is just like uh, this incredibly dense thing yeah. that you could spend an hour trying to figure out. So yeah. what are your thoughts about, you know, when we, when we look at this path, and you know, Lama says it's easy, but then we get to something like this, and it's like, oh my God, it's, you know, this is not for the likes of people like me, obviously. Yeah. What What is your thoughts about that? Well, I think you are, like in my talk, your thoughts are universal. <laughs> you know, like I think, um, just, I've I've talked to Lama multiple times about because. And like I say, I'm not a scholar, so and those books are scholarly. So I'm like, but I, well, I was meeting with Connor a little bit. I'm meeting with Michelle a little bit. I'm talking to friends, um, and talking with Lama. Um, Andrew's talking about this four-year um, Buddha Dharma study course that's really rigorous. Some of you might not know about it, and um, it's uh, using really scholarly Buddhist um, texts that. Uh, on my own, I would never read. I wouldn't ever think I had the, any business reading. But Lama's, if, he's allowing us to go through this process knowing that we're not going to get it all. We're just each going to get it as much as we're going to get it. But the main thing is our effort we put in, not that, uh, and not to compare ourselves with others, and just do our personal best, I think. That's what I think, anyway. And, and ask for help from others and uh, insights from others and mainly from Lama and then understand that I'm 
I'm not going to understand it maybe as much as my friends, but great they understand it. I'm not getting it, but I'm going to do it anyway, even though at the end of the day, in the, I'm not really working for the certificate, even though I'm going to do it. I'm working because I want to understand, you know. So I don't ex- expect that I'll... Because I've, I've seen those those books are really tough. And, yeah. But I think we can all help each other not give up just by saying, you know, it's hard for me to... Um, you want to get together and talk about it. That's a, that's one thing. What do you think? You think anybody else have a in, in San, uh, San Francisco with Baker? Excuse yeah, me. Is the, the Lions oh, were just yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh sure. Uh, Marie and Dirk want to say one more thing. Oh, I was just going to see that. Um, kind of in relation to what Andrew was saying, um, I think that confidence can also come from perseverance. Huh. You know, like you, you, the Buddha Dharma course looks impossible, seems really daunting, but you dig in and you do as much as you can, and then at the end you look back and you're like, oh, I think I learned more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the same with the foundations course where it was like, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to finish this? And then at the end, it's like, you start realizing, oh, you really did learn things because as you're going through other teachings, everything, things start to click together a little mm. bit. So I think confidence can come from uh, perseverance and um, then later on seeing, oh, I did master like at least puzzles. some of it. Little you know, you don't have pieces. to master all of it, but you got some of it and it all builds. So like you yeah. said, because it's a long path. Do you want to say something to Dirk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think, uh, in my experience, which is mainly apparently not very good, uh, <laughs> my, my 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 life experience before I found the Buddha Dharma long ago uh, in literature was the most difficult texts, say Finnegan's Wake and. Cantos of Ezra Pound. Uh, I learned while reading those texts that you'll never get it all. It's, it's, it's simply impossible. You, and, and, and ultimately, if you take that and you pass that into even apparently simpler texts, you actually don't get it all anyway. You know, there's always something more that you can pull from whatever text it is. Uh, in terms of the, uh, in terms of our study program. If you notice the first three books, uh, the, the, the second and third book are commentaries on the first book. So the best, m- my feeling is that the most important thing to do is to, to have a f- the fullest uh, encounter with the first book as possible. And then those other two books will be a little easier. Mm-hmm. But, um, and like, as, as uh, Marie said, you know, that just, just, just doing it will give you confidence. No, there's not no reason to be afraid of it. There's no failing. You know, nobody, nobody reads. Nobody picks up the Mulamad Yamaka Karika, reads the root verses, and goes, ah, "I'm enlightened now." <laughs> you know, nobody does. Everybody, the scholars who are writing about it, who know so much about it, they've they've spent untold hours. You know, learning the languages, studying the text, 
But ultimately, those texts, those, those, those are, those are our path. Those are the, you know, Nagarjuna's path. The text is the path that are, is the text that our entire path is based on. So, you know, it's good to encounter it. That's all. That's I got confused with his legs and his arms. Really? I have bad you know, <laughs> visual cognition. No. <laughs> um, I think on a more basic level, our confidence can come from our friends and the support that we have as a Sangha. Right, cause like, uh, especially in the Buddha Dharma program, I would not be in a program if it wasn't for Patty. Because um, I, you know, I, I was terrified of the program, um, but she convinced me to do it. Uh, and now I'm even more terrified of the program now that I'm in it. Because uh, it, it is tough. It's a lot of work. It's uh, difficult text. It's huge text. Um, but in talking with other people and working with other people, um, and the support that we have from each other, that that's, some, that's where our confidence can come from, is that supporting each other and learning from each other and being with each other through difficult times is how we can have confidence in what we're doing. You know, I mean, learning something on your own is great and that can build your own confidence, but we don't usually learn things on our own. We have teachers, whether or not they're Lama Jimpa or the person sitting next to us or, you know, a child who just learned how to, I don't know, play a video game who then shows us how to play the video game. That's, you know, a teacher in that situation. So we all have teachers and we get in confidence from those teachers, whoever they are. And, and I think that's a really important thing that um, and we all have in our lives that and gain confidence from teachers, um, which is sort of what your first talk was about. But, you know, those teachers aren't necessarily great people of the past. They're the people sitting next to us also. Mm. They're the people who encourage us to take risks and chances. So, you know, thank you for well, encouraging me to do this program. Um, and I'll, uh, we'll talk in a month or two whether or not I'm still happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that's, that's how we gain confidence also is from other people. I, I agree. This has been a Lion's Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.